Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and we have got a great show for you today. Ren will be joining me later in the episode to talk about the Venice Film Festival and some of the cool things that have been going on there. Um, Of course, we're going to talk about the Don't Worry Darling drama and controversy um, because it supersedes everything. And then we're also going to talk about the full list of Emmys, um, specifically the nominations leading up to the Emmys, which are going to be live at 7 p.m. Central Time on Sunday, the 11th. Um, Can't wait for those. Been waiting a long time. We're going to try and get a live stream out for that. We've also got some D23 coverage because D23, Disney's big event, is taking place over the weekend. And we want to make sure that we're capturing every bit of shocking news that comes out of D23 this year. Also, I just want to let you know that we are doing House of the Dragon rapid reviews over on YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, and TikTok. So it's kind of short form content that we're not used to doing, but we're trying to get better at it and we're trying to hone it in. And uh, and plus, it's a way for me to talk about the House of the Dragon, which I really do enjoy so far. So if you are interested in any of those things, be on the lookout for those um, on those said platforms. But without further ado, that's all the housekeeping for this week. So let's get into the news. If you would like to support our show, consider joining the crew by subscribing to our Patreon. Every dollar counts towards commission for our contributors and improving our network. Membership to our Patreon grants you different perks depending on which part of the crew you opt into. If you're someone who likes behind-the-scenes content, our director's crew has access to a close friends group on Instagram, as well as a special Discord server. Meanwhile, the producer's crew is gifted discounted merch codes and exclusive video discussions, reviews, and vlogs. And for the executive producers that go above and beyond, we send a little special care package their way to say thanks. Whether you're looking to gain access to early video content or listen to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Close Up with the Borough Reviews, you can find it all on our Patreon page. Membership is a critical metric that we use to indicate the success of our network, and we know that we can count on you for some support. Head over to patreon.com slash theborroughreviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews your movie refuge. This week's headlines come from Variety, Collider, Deadline, and The Hollywood Reporter. Top Gun Maverick passes Black Panther as fifth highest grossing movie ever in North America. Maverick has crossed $700 million in North America alone, becoming one of six movies to ever surpass the milestone at the domestic box office. The film returned to the top of the box office charts over Labor Day weekend, adding $7.9 million between Friday and Monday, and bringing ticket sales to over $700 million. According to Paramount, Maverick is the only film to ever be number one at the domestic box office for both Memorial Day and Labor Day holidays. Globally, Top Gun Maverick stands as the 12th biggest movie of all time, but it's fast approaching 11th place, which currently belongs to Disney's Frozen 2, with $1.45 billion. The first teaser of Ryan Johnson's highly anticipated Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery is set to debut later today, the movie's official Twitter handle revealed. 
The sequel to 2019's Knives Out will see Daniel Craig return as the internationally renowned private detective Benoit Blanc with an entirely new cast and setting that will take fans on a trip to Greece. Pitch Perfect star Anna Kendrick is stepping behind the camera to make her directorial debut with the true-life thriller The Dating Game. The film, from a blacklist script by Ian McDonald, is described as the stranger-than-fiction story of Cheryl Bradshaw, candidate on hit 70s TV matchmaking show The Dating Game, who picked the number one bachelor, Rodney Alcala. But Bradshaw's fairy tale date takes a terrifying turn when the bachelor drops his charming facade to reveal the truth. Kendrick will also star as Bradshaw and produce The Dating Game through her Let's Go Again shingle. The film is currently in pre-production with principal photography set for late October. Additional casting is ongoing. The ripple effect of the pandemic is still being felt across the entertainment industry as Cineworld Group, the British entertainment conglomerate that is the world's second largest cinema chain, with operations across 10 countries, has officially filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the US. Cineworld Group is the parent company of Regal Cinemas, its primary brand in the United States. The news comes with little surprise as the company had last month communicated its financial struggles and said it was considering the option of bankruptcy to help restructure its books. On a brighter note, Cineworld Group will continue to operate its theaters as usual thanks to $1.94 billion that it received in bankruptcy loans from its current lenders. It has also promised that the new developments will not impose a significant impact upon its employees, thus massive layoffs are not expected. And that concludes this week's news update. I'm sure you're aware by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. We upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies, and even stream gaming content occasionally. We have a goal to reach 400 subscribers by the end of this year. Right now, we are about 300 subs away from reaching that goal. And if we hit this goal, we would like to celebrate by doing something special for our followers, and we'll rely on you to help us decide what we end up doing. To find us, simply go to youtube.com slash Reviews. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a like and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews your movie refuge. Ren, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. Uh, you were last here, I think, uh, February, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's just a subtle dig at uh, some of the people who were listening to the episodes at that time who probably didn't have the nicest things to say. So uh, anyway, uh I'm just fuck you. Uh, anyway, um, how are you doing? Um, I'm pretty good. <laughs> just pretty good. You didn't expect me to go there, did you? No, I did not. You have taken me aback. See, and this is into the borough. You get culture. You get a little more insight into our personalities, and and we just get to do fun things like um, you know, talk mad shit about people sometimes. So. Uh, respectfully and with journalistic integrity which is what we're going to do today <laughs> um we've got a couple of things that we're going to cover because uh we have a, a lot going on this week honestly uh we have d23 
uh, this weekend. We also have Barbarian. We have, um, what else? Oh, the Emmys. That's right. We're going to talk about the Emmys here in a moment um, on Sunday. And then we also concurrently have the Venice Film Festival, like <laughs> kind of like going on right now and wrapping up. And there's a lot of stuff going on at the Venice Film Festival. So we're going to talk about all those things. Um, first, I guess let's start with the Venice Film Festival and all of the, I guess, drama that's going on with the Venice Film Festival. So, look, uh, the obvious target right here is don't worry, darling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. I The last episode of the podcast I did a news flash on, and I spent a good majority of the time talking about the don't worry, darling controversy up till that point. And it's gotten worse (laughs) i don't know how but it has it's gotten worse it's like the film that keeps on giving um so let's not start with that though a couple of things happened so you had brendan frazier's uh newest movie the whale that premiered to a six minute standing ovation and brendan frazier bless his little heart he was crying on stage it was a really heartwarming clip and just to see everyone welcome him back into the fold of hollywood was special i was on twitter actually um the day that it premiered or maybe i don't know if it was a day or or the day after but i remember seeing a tweet from the rock come up where the rock said you know brendan was super nice to me on my first project which was the mummy returns and he was like and he was so welcoming and to see him get this praise it's well deserved and he said congrats it was a really sweet moment um And I think that was probably my favorite takeaway of the Venice Film Festival so far. But you have other things that are occurring at the Venice uh, Venice Film Festival, like Bones and All, which is kind of this cannibal romance um, with Timothy Chalamet and uh, Taylor Russell. Um, It's Luca Guadagnino. So you may know him from um, directing things like uh, Suspiria, the 2018 version. Real horror cinema real horror like <laughs> true horror um no what what did what did they say they said i like to write about real horror movies like suspiria yeah real artistic horror i think is what yeah that person was saying not flashers specifically yeah. had to put in there i want to talk about real horror not flashers like suspiria yeah whatever so <laughs> his newest film he also uh that director also did um call me by your name uh, so he's a very prolific director. It seems like him and Timothy Chalamet have some type of uh, positive working relationship. And so this newest movie, um, The Guardian literally gave it five stars and called it a heartbreaking banquet of brilliance, which um, I do hear a lot of conversation right now from the Venice Film Festival that Timothy Chalamet might actually get his, he might get like an actual like legit Oscar nom for this performance here. Um, I'm not sure about Taylor Russell. I haven't heard too many people talking about her, but Taylor Russell is fantastic. Like every time that uh, you, you know who Taylor Russell is. Um, you, did you ever watch escape room like the escape rooms? No, because that's really what I remember Taylor Russell from um, back, you know, whenever that movie first came out. Um, she's like the face of the franchise. Uh, and that was a franchise that not many people had really given hope to at all, but I think it turned out really well despite the ending. Yeah, she was in Escape Room and Escape Room Tournament of Champions. She's also been in things like Waves. <gasps> Before I Fall. Before I Fall, yep. That um, did it for me. What else we got here? Dead of Night. That's uh, something that a lot of people do like. 
Um, yeah, so just, I mean, she's uh, obviously lost in space too. I think we would be amiss not to bring that one up as a lot of people like that show. Haven't watched it, but, um, you know, she's kind of an up and coming actor. And so given that opportunity to be in that movie with that level of talent, both behind the camera and in front of the camera, I think is really great. That's a, that's a concept. It is a concept. Um, there are other things that are happening at the Venice Film Festival. I'm sure you can go read. The Guardian has a really good breakdown of all the things that are kind of happening right now. Um, some things are really, really impressive, um, according to a lot of the critics that are there. Um, but then you also have this whole other side of what's going on at the Venice Film Festival with Don't Worry, Darling. Um, and it's this whole mess, right? So a video came out that was circulating for a while that basically looked it appeared that harry Styles spit on chris pine (laughs) (laughs) right before the premiere of don't worry darling um and so that was interesting and looking at the video it looks like harry styles spits on chris pine it it just does no matter what the reps for for both the stars are saying no matter what the agents are saying i haven't heard from anyone directly so it's kind of hard to gauge the validity of what is being said and i don't know if they're trying to just cover up the press so that their movie doesn't like flop it's not going to necessarily flop but i do worry at this point that there's so much baggage surrounding this movie in every manner like really behind the camera with the director with the stars between the stars with former like cast members that were supposedly fired but not really that quit you know you just there's a mess like this move they're gonna make a movie about this and i can't wait to see it the documentary <laughs> no no no. i don't want a documentary i want to like a fictionalized movie i want i want other actors playing harry styles and playing for no i need the whole thing who I need are you it. casting i i have no idea who i'd cast Harry Styles, yeah, Harry or Florence Pugh. I feel like we should get ScarJo for Florence Pugh. I think that would be the right choice uh, because you know they're 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 siblings in the MCU. Okay, and then you know what we shouldn't do. And then we're going to get another One Directioner to play Harry. Another One Directioner, and I think that's the you ideal. The yeah, we'll go with Nile. We'll go Nile. We'll go with the brown, yeah, we'll straight die. hair yep. Irish we'll, yeah, boy. Yeah, we'll die. We'll die. That'll be an an opportunity to really act, <laughs> really sh- you think, show us. Oh, what and you what got, she should do is know? he should make two point five million, and Scarlett Johansson makes seven hundred thousand. Right? I think so. I think Perfect. I think we have to mirror everything that happened to really determine what went wrong. Yes. Perfect. Um, so, so yeah, you have that whole mess with the "Don't worry, darling." Uh, cast and then there's a whole other subset to the don't worry darling um, drama which is the fact that don't worry darling isn't really worrying critics all that much like they're not they're not uh taken too kindly to this movie uh right now for instance on rotten tomatoes you have a score of 42 percent with 38 reviews in which is not where you want to be sitting um and you know I've got to keep in mind that that some of that is probably from all this bad press. So people already had a bad because there was already a lot going on before it premiered. And and so after it's premiered, I can't help but think that some of those reviews are reflective of just the negativity surrounding like the production of the film. 
which is unfortunate. And we don't want to see that bleed over into the actual box office. But I have a feeling that it will. As a Harry Styles fan, um, an OG Harry Styles fan, let's also reckon I have been a fan since I was a youth. Um, I love One Direction. Watch them on X Factor. And um, 100%, I have stalked this on every social media platform possible. I've watched multiple videos from different point of views. And my man's who went through 12 years of social media training, straight spit on Chris Pine in front of cameras, thinking he could get away with it. And to be honest, knowing the fan base that Harry Styles has, they're going to defend him until the day <laughs> until the day the sun makes the earth explode. Harry Styles can do no wrong in their eyes. Yeah. And honestly, Chris Pine, because here's the objective nature of what's going on. We can't confirm or deny that that's what happened or that's not what happened you know what i mean we have no way of actually confirming 100 percent unless the stars themselves come out and say it um you know what i mean you can doctor videos you like just like with filming anything like there are wrong angles and there are bad angles that aren't reflective of the reality right what happens when there's multiple wrong angles they're okay right we're we weren't there and we can't actually see like what about the people that the videos that you can hear the spitting noise? I, I guess you could edit that you, on. Exactly. And my point is that we as press can't objectively verify that. So in in the sense of journalism, we just have to be like, well, here's what all sides are saying, and here and and that's all we can really do. However, I will interject with my own opinion, which is that he one hundred percent spit on Chris Pine. And that's that's my personal opinion. Uh, you know that's my personal like view on what happened uh from the multiple angles um and that's just kind of my perspective on it you know and maybe maybe chris pine and his team can convince me further that it wasn't the case but look chris the pine body language nice. the body language is suggesting just from that one individual clip i'm not talking about all the other clips where they're interacting that people have posted after um, that I've also watched, but I'm talking about that one clip. The body language does not seem very positive. But yes, it could be just a fluke. It could be. Um, I don't think that's the case, but it could be. I'm not a journalist, and my um, official fact opinion is <laughs> that Harry Styles spit on him. And you would do it too for a check. <sighs> you would do it too. Yeah. The other thing that came out on Monday actually was um, glowing reviews for Tilda Swinton's new movie, The Eternal Daughter, um, which has double Tilda Swinton, who's playing the mother and daughter um, in kind of this psychological like horror movie from the director of The Souvenir. Um, yeah, it's Tilda Swinton's one of those actors who can get away with playing almost any role. Um, and she kind of has like there's that whole controversy with uh Doctor Strange, um, yes, that she was playing the Great One, or I, don't, I forget what that character is called specifically. Um, but there is that whole controversy because obviously she's white, um, and that character is not meant to be white. And then you had the whole Suspiria thing, which wasn't necessarily a controversy, but she was playing like she was playing the main like villain there and also her character so she's playing multiple characters she does it all the time it's great i love tilda swin 
But uh, this seems like um, a very intriguing movie and something that's right down Tilda Swinton's filmography. And so I'm actually really intrigued um, from from this. And then Kate Blanchett has a new movie um, called Tar that came out, uh, which is being hailed as her best performance to date, which is saying something um, because it's Kate Blanchett. And she literally like is so great in almost everything she does. I keep bringing back um, the Nightmare Alley clips and you tried to watch Nightmare Alley a little bit. Um, and she was in that briefly from the parts that you saw, but her performance in almost everything, she just has a way of captivating the screen, but that premiered at the Venice film festival and also at Telluride film festival and um, Telluride. I really have got to get there. You know, when I finally make the move to Colorado, which is happening, um, I will be going to Telluride all the time. Um, it's over like on the, um, over on the West side of the Rockies. Like that's not how you say that. Uh, that's not Tell how you're right. Yeah, it is. You know what? If it's not pronounced Yasmite, it's not pronounced. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I do encourage you to go check out, um, the full coverage at the Venice Film Festival. There's a lot to take in, a lot to digest. We can't go through everything on this episode. But like I said, The Guardian, if you just type in theguardian.com slash film slash Venice Film Festival, it will pull up everything that is there. And there is a lot to go through. Pages uh, worth of content. In fact, 580 different things to go through with the Venice Film Festival. Just jam-packed. One day, I will make it out there. Um, and I'll also make it to TIFF, and I'll make it to all these festivals, and I... I, uh, I loathe, I loathe not being there, you know? Green with envy. Yes. Anyway, um, the other thing that we got to talk about, which I feel like you might be able to have a little bit more, um, cause I know you were sitting there <laughs> a few times just going like, what? Um, something that you do have a lot of like knowledge of are the 74th Emmy Awards. <laughs> so let's do a quick preview of the 74th Emmy Awards um and we're not going to go through every category here the full list of categories if you go to emmys.com um they have the full breakdown there and you can download like some uh like nomination voting sheets um which are really cool if you want to kind of vote ahead of time and just see if you're right on a lot of the categories um score yourself have fun with it that's kind of half the point of these shows um that's half the allure of these shows anyway i will say is is just, you know, <laughs> tuning in to see if you're right about things. Um, so let's start with the comedy category. Yeah. And let's just go through a few of them, not all of them. But for comedy series, we have um, nominees, including Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is there every year, I swear to God, and What We Do in the Shadows. Um no, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a really good show. So I just want to... That that wasn't a dig at the show. Um, all of these shows are really good. Like uh, Nick for a while was talking about Hacks. Our review of Hacks is on theburrreviews.com. So if you want to read the review of Hacks, you can go do that there. I also have a review of Barry Seasons 1 and 2 on on The Burrow. So if you want those, you can go to theburrreviews.com. And I have the Barry reviews on there. Um, didn't get around to reviewing the latest season. My personal pick is Barry, but that's just because I haven't seen Abbott Elementary. I hear really good things about Only Murders in the Building, and Ted Lasso is just always in conversation at all times. I love um, Abbott. Abbott? 
Abbott Elementary? Abbott. Abbott? Okay, that's what I thought. Um, mostly because I love Quinta. I love everything Quinta does. I've been obsessed with Quinta since BuzzFeed. I follow Quinta on Twitter. I Probably one of the main reasons that I've kept Twitter is just for her interactions. I think she's absolutely fantastic. And I really just like the concept of that, um, the diversity in the cast. Uh, I don't know. I watch clips from um, the show all the time on, like, Facebook, like, when it does, like, Facebook videos. I watch that and then, like, SVU. So, like, keep do without what you will. Um, I really, that's that's my choice. I think it's a good one. Booed all the other ones. Yeah, I'm not sure which one will take it here, but I have a feeling it'll probably either go to Ted Lasso or Only Murders in the Building. Um, just based on social media engagement that I've seen. Um, but, you know, critics aren't everything, so don't don't mind us. Uh, next, we're going to go to lead actor for comedy, and we're going to check out those nominees. So we have Donald Glover for Atlanta, Bill Hatter, um, Barry Nicholas Holt in The Great, Steve Martin for Only Murders in the Building, Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, and then Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. Um this one is a little bit more tr- tricky, I feel like. It could go a few ways. If they're going the like if they're going the steamed actor route, you know, obviously Steve Martin is p- probably going to be their pick. Um if they're trying to hit a little bit of a sweet spot between catching the lightning in the bottle of a show right now in, in film discourse or in TV discourse, and also trying to go with like an esteemed actor, they're probably either going to go Donald Glover or Jason Sudeikis. Um, the wild card pick for me would be nominating or actually, you know, giving it to Bill Hatter for Barry um, and him winning that at me just because Bill Hatter, his performance in Barry, like, I mean that show it's a comedy, right? It's really dark. Like that show deals with some dark, dark subject matter about who we are as humans. And like that, like they're like literally this last season, like the final episode, that man acts his fucking soul off. Like he, he like literally like his soul is just eradicated in one episode. Like he's not the same person and it's so visceral. And like the reaction I had to that compared to what I've seen from Ted Lasso and what I've seen from, um, the I haven't even seen anything from the great, but what I've seen from Only Murders in the Building, those you know, like I'm sure that they have those moments too. But for me, there's something about the way that Barry hits, and so I really would like to see Bill Hatter get it. I don't think he will. Um, you haven't watched any of these shows except maybe Atlanta. Have you watched Atlanta? Yeah, I've watched Atlanta, and I browsed the grant, the great, the grant, the great. Um. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Nicholas is also in Warm Bodies. He is, yeah. Just watched that movie again recently while I was at work. Um, no, I loved Donald Glover. Um, and though I have not seen any of these, I would pick Donald Glover. Um, yeah. If my life depended on it, I would rely on him in all in all moments. Fair enough. Um, on to lead actress for a comedy series of 2022. We have. Uh, Quinta, there's Quinta, uh, Quinta on there. We also have um, Rachel Brosnahan, Kaylee Cook, uh, Kuoko, I think is how you say that, uh, Elle Fanning, Issa Rae, and then you have Gene Smart as well. And um, I do feel like this one will probably go to Gene Smart just because 
usually how these categories work and especially like in i've noticed in both like male and female categories that they try they usually give it to the seasoned veteran actor i don't like that like why would you go as the seasoned person even at their performance i'm like yeah it's i'm just, such a performance it's, unfortunately person. it's how the it's how these it's how these bodies work it's how any any like awards body works i've noticed whether you're talking about the oscars whether you're talking about the grammys whether you're talking about any of them they they tend to try and respect the Grammys do not do that. Okay, you're right. The Grammys <laughs> really don't. The Grammys say... I would say it's more the the film. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, you know, the, the the film awards bodies um, do, and they do it for whatever reason that is unknown yeah. to me. But um, I could see them doing Gene Smart. I would probably in this right here, and this is going to be like, I know who I want to get it but I feel like it's going to be Elle Fanning because everybody's been nonstop talking about like her performance in the great, like that's a pretty big discourse even on my social media. And I'm not like on film, like social media, it's just a big discourse. Mm. Yeah. And Brosnahan had received her first Emmy nomination in 2015 for her role on house of cards. So like, I, it's just like something like the, you know, it's like when people like go up against um, Meryl Streep, Okay. Every time you're in a category with, you're like, well, fuck. She could have just. Like, uh, what's her name? Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Yeah. Yeah. But un- unfortunately, I don't think that Viola Davis has had nearly as many. And we all know why, but we don't. But I'm just saying, like, they tend to give it to the. You're right. When they we- tend to give it to the older white actors. They do. Yeah. Um, I was like, if we talk about that, we're going to lose more, more, yeah, more, whatever. more followers. You can say whatever you want. It's the <laughs> truth. Anyway, moving on. Um, supporting actor and actress. Let's breeze those categories. I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, but, you know, you have people like Anthony um, Cargan and Barry. You have Henry Winkler for Barry as well. And you have uh, Nick Mohammed for Ted Lasso. Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary. Um, yeah. Those uh, Bo and Yang for Saturday Night Live, who I haven't actually seen on SNL, like because I haven't watched SNL in a very long time. Um, but those are just a few of the nominees. Honestly, I don't watch any of those shows other than Barry, so I can't really comment on this. But um, I will say that um, it's a very like it, it could go anyway with the supporting categories. They always do. It's never like cut and dry, unfortunately, unless you have like a guest appearance from an older actor in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like Henry Winkler, for instance. Um, on to the next, we got supporting actress. Uh, we have um, a few uh, big names in here. Um Oh, did you? Oh, you want me to go through? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll go through them. Sure. Uh, you have um, Kate McKinnon for SNL, which I think isn't this her last season. I think she is exiting the show along I with love basically everyone else. Um, Hannah Inbinder for Hacks. Alex uh, Borns, uh, Borstein, Borstein. I don't know how you Borstein, say that. Borstein for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Juno Temple for Ted Lasso. Hannah uh, Waddingham for Ted Lasso, and then Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary, um, along with uh, Janelle James. 
and again i don't watch any i literally don't watch any of those shows so i i have no idea who who might possibly win uh let's go to drama series yeah and for drama series we have squid game we have stranger things 4 euphoria yellow jackets succession severance ozark and better call saul um this one's interesting to me right uh I think the clear choice is succession. Um, it just is. Uh, there are so many people like both and succession is a show that I've seen that both critics and audiences have found and have really liked. Mm-hmm. Like I talk to people that aren't as invested in this industry um, as I am. And they say succession is what they watch. Um, you could say the same thing with stranger things Four, although I don't think stranger things Four will win. Um, but it's the fact it's, it's all a matter of what can break both the critic barrier and what can break the general audience barrier. And those are two that certainly have, um, I would prefer it be better call Saul because it hasn't won this Emmy yet and it needs to God damn, does it deserve it? But, uh, um, that's my personal preference. What do you think about these? Um, so a very sad and fun fact about me is I have actually seen, um, none of these shows. Oof. Um, have I meant to watch Euphoria? Yes. Squid Game? Yes. Stranger Things? Yes. Yellow Jackets? Yes. Um, even Ozark I've thought about watching. Now, do I have an issue with not wanting to watch things once they get too mainstream? Yes. That is my toxic trait. Um, I get it. I will say I have seen clips from Euphoria, Squid Game, Stranger Things, and Better Call Saul. <laughs> and I would, as someone that like watched a little bit of Breaking Bad, I didn't watch Breaking Bad, but I watched a little bit. I watched two seasons. Um, I really like Better Call Saul. And I understand why like the people that like it, like it the way that they do. Because like I haven't, personally, I haven't seen any show do what that one did and like as someone that didn't even watch it like jared would give me recaps i would just i would get my moments and i was like wow and then he would show me clips and even without knowing the history the story like those just how beautifully well it was shot and just scripted and honestly the way that the chemistry between them is something that i just it's unmatched you don't see that very often and I really, I really, for a show I haven't watched, I enjoy it way too much. Yeah. Um, I think a surprising, like, underdog here would be Yellow Jackets. Um, I think that's also one that has broke both the critic and the general audience mm-hmm. perception um, in a way that's really unique to that show. And uh, that could be a, a slight underdog to watch out for when we get to the Emmys on Sunday. Um, for lead actors, we have Jason Bateman for Ozark. Uh, which I think this was the final season of Ozark. I believe so. This will be, you know, one of the last times that he can be nominated for that show. Uh, Brian Cox for Succession. Um, Lee Jung-ja for Squid Game. I think that's how you would say that. Um, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. Adam Scott for Severance. And Jeremy Strong for Succession. Um, yeah, you know, I've watched I watched Ozark season one. I haven't watched Squid Game or Succession or Severance, so I'm not like certain on those. Bateman's performance in Ozark is really compelling, though. Um, Adam Scott and Brian Cox are very strong actors. Like they're very strong actors, so I could see them doing really well in this category. Jeremy Strong um, also is pretty compelling on Succession. I've seen a few clips of his. 
Um, but you know, again, my bias is seeping through, and I really want Bob Odenkirk to to get this Emmy for Better Better Call Saul. But I don't know that it'll happen. Um, just with this category, there's a lot of strong actors here. Honestly, just like Adam Scott, I've seen him in so many different things. And one of my favorite things about him is just how, like, not that not all actors do this, but the way that he gets invested. And honestly, I hate him almost as much as I do, like, certain characters. When I see him, I'm like, ah, there's the visceral hate because you did way too well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. Um, And that's something that I'm sure a lot of other people feel, too. Um, yeah, that's the male category. For the actress category, we have Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show, Zendaya for Euphoria, Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, which was also its last season, Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets, Laura uh, Leaney for Ozark, and then Jodie Comer, I think, for Killing Eve. I don't know how I don't know her name um because i've seen her her, so much uh (laughs) jody comer for killing eve yeah so you have two killing eve nominations in here and then you have ozark yellow jackets and euphoria um all strong categories the morning show is one that i watched two episodes of um because that's i think the apple tv show with steve carell and with jennifer aniston and i tried to watch the first couple episodes of that but i didn't i wasn't into it as much um so I'll just say that. I'm pro Zendaya. Um, haven't even seen Euphoria. Anything Zendaya does, chef kiss. Yeah. I think this is going to be one where it probably does go to Laura Linney or um, Melanie Linsky just because, just because of the shows mostly, mm-hmm. but also because they've specifically Laura Linney has been doing Ozark for a very, very long time at this point. And, um, She's kind of what I would consider to be the award body favorite in the sense that you have someone that's been dedicated to a show for however many years where a lot of these others, with the exception of Killing Eve, um, which had a few seasons, but it wasn't nearly on for as long as Ozark, I don't believe. Fact check me on that. But I'm fairly certain that Ozark has just been around longer, and I don't think Laura Linney has won anything yet from the emmys but let me let me let me fact check that while you fact check that um because i don't think she's won anything for this show specifically she was a winner in 2013 for a mini series so ozark has been on since 2017 and killing eve Mm -hmm. has been on since 2018 okay so i was right but barely it's pretty close (laughs) um but but in this category that's where the favors are um Euphoria is still a relatively new show, and I don't think that they'll go that direction, specifically with all the cast controversy and the production oh, controversy. Yeah, and I like, forgot about that. I recently. don't, you know, th- this is a body that really recognizes those things and tries to avoid that at all costs. I so. think we should also just like Sandra O. Oh, just kiss. Yes, honestly, though, Sandra, Sandra O oh oh. would be a good one. Sandra O oh is honestly probably who I prefer to take that category. Um, just because she's been so dedicated to that show and she loves it and the way she talks about it and what it means to a lot of fans. Um, that's definitely, I think, a category that I could see her doing really well in and um, just being a fan favorite and also, you know, a critic darling too. Like, I think it goes both ways. Um, and then 
you know, we have the supporting actor and actress categories. Yeah, the one thing on Grays. Yeah, she was. The one the one person that I will shout out here is Ray Seahorn for Better Call Saul in the supporting uh, actress category. But you also have like Julie Garner in there. You also have uh, Christina Ricci and Patricia Arquette um, for uh, Yellow Jackets and Severance. Um, and then you have Sydney Sweeney in there as well, which I had no idea um, that she was nominated for Euphoria. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty like good category. And also with the supporting actor category, um, you have people like Billy Crudup for The Morning Show and you have uh, Kieran Culkin and John Turturro. Uh, yeah, Christopher Walken, who's been in Severance for a minute now. Um, Christopher Walken. Hairspray. I love that man. Um, he's so fun. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, pretty pretty well-rounded categories. I just haven't seen a lot of these shows, and maybe that's my like fatal flaw. But um, There's a category that I want to talk about. Oh, sure. So yeah. What do you want to talk to... about? Yeah. No, not that one. Hold on. Yeah. That one. Okay. So you wanted to talk about something in the writing, the outstanding writing? Wow. Outstanding writing for a limited or anthology series or movie. Yeah. Um, so your nominees are Dope Sick, Impeachment, American Crime Story, Made, Station Eleven, The Dropout, and The White Lotus. Um, I'm going to keep saying this until the day I die. Made is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, I originally, honestly, didn't know if I would, like, be able to emotionally handle that. And when I tell you I've never, like, uh, I I cried. It was so good. It was just such an, like, the storytelling, which is why they got nominated for Outstanding Writing and not just, like, the regular category. Um the writing in that, the story, it just, I don't feel like it got really hyped up with like the trailers and stuff um, and everything. And I just don't feel like it got the energy once it released. And so seeing it get its little moment here, like regardless of if it wins or not, is such like a, it's such just a fulfilling moment as like a big fan of this. So I'm, I'm just, I'm really happy about that. That's all. Yeah. And I will say too, like, Marketing is so huge, especially when you're talking about TV, because it's really important. There are way more TV shows, it feels like. Like if you're just browsing the streaming services, there are way more TV shows than there are movies. It, it certainly feels that way. And it feels overwhelming because you have so many episodes in a season. So you've really got to make sure that you market something correctly in order for it to really spark in those markets that you're trying to hit and those demographics. And I feel like with a lot of those shows, um, specifically ones that are in the limited series um, and also like in in a lot of the comedy TV categories, I feel like, too, those are the ones that kind of get the short end of the stick. Um, Some drama series, too, of course, yes. But um, I feel like dramas are more easily recognizable for people because older demographics tend to watch more dramas and that sounds super weird i know but they watch a lot of them (laughs) so those ones get picked up easier you know and then you have all these comedies that kind of just flail out and fizzle out but anyway that's a whole separate conversation about the industry and, and where the industry trends are going 
Did you have something else you wanted to bring up? I had a question. Yeah. Not relevant to this, but relevant to the Emmys. Um, and I guess I can just look it up. You think, but like your guest, do you think the Vampire Diaries ever got nominated for anything? Mm, I, yeah, it probably got nominated for a creative arts category, but I don't think it ever got nominated for the primetime Emmys. No. Um, so I'd be really curious to see what you find out on that, but I would assume no. It may have gotten like a costuming and a you know oh. set category, but Shit. nothing huge. No, it got like a shorty award, um, Academy of Science Fiction, um, fantasy and oh, horror Saturn films. Award, yeah, okay. nothing like huge by any means. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. The Guild of Music Supervisors Award. <laughs> um, awards and award you know um you're right maybe not what they wanted but you know it is uh so yeah that's the kind of brief rundown that we have here on the 74th emmy awards which are going to take place on sunday evening so sunday being the 11th and it's going to be at 7 p.m central time which i believe um is 8 p.m eastern time and 5 p.m uh, pacific time so uh, be sure to check those out uh, when we get there. And I think that is all for our conversation between the Venice Film Festival and the Emmys. I know we didn't really cover a whole lot in detail because there's just absolutely so much to cover with that. I'll make sure to link both the full list of Emmy nominations and also the full guardian breakdown of the venice film festival in the show notes so if you're curious about those things you can actually go read about a lot of the different things that we didn't cover so uh yeah that was fun thanks for joining me i know it's been a while but uh, i gotta have you on more and if you're wondering when she'll be on next if you're a paid subscriber on spotify and or subscribe to the five dollar tier on our patreon um we're gonna be talking about yes god yes which is a movie that we watched on Netflix while on vacation. And uh, we're going to break down all of it, all of its good Catholic glory. Um, As a former Catholic, um, I have a lot of hot takes. Um, I've never felt more accosted in the moment. You also might see me a little bit more regularly sometimes. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> certainly on close up with the Burr reviews, like I said, on Patreon or on um, Spotify if you're uh, a paid subscriber. So. Again, in my petition to get my own podcast um, segment on here, might have worked. Uh, it might have, but that hasn't have. been fully announced yet, ma'am. But you just, uh, yeah, there's an announcement. And I'll let you make the announcement even, just when I say. <laughs> <laughs> just when I get permission. Um, I, I said maybe. Well, because we got to do a whole like graphic thing for it. And there's a lot more work involved in that. You just got to um, download this so that my petition works and not leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last time she pleaded for you guys to help her out, you uh, kind of abandoned her. Um, yeah. What in the racism? I know at this point you've heard us talk a lot about our website, theburrreviews.com but I wanted to share some of the content you can expect from us in case you missed it. On our site, you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and even more content covering all types of cinema. 
If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search thebrewerreviews.com in your web browser to find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we want to help. Find our contact page on the website and fill out the form. There, you'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. Not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, but we welcome all types of motion pictures. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. So for box office projection this week, the talk of the town is the so-called malignant of this year, which is Barbarian, starring Bill Skarsgård, Georgina Campbell, Justin Long, Matthew Patrick Davis, and Richard Brake, um, among many others. A very talented cast written and directed by Zach Kreger. Um, It's a movie that is basically like an Airbnb fright fest. A woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that the house she has rented is not exactly what it seems. And from the clips I've seen, it looks fantastic. I can't wait to check it out later tonight, actually, the day that you're listening to this. I'm excited for it. Certainly many other people have said that it's probably this year's greatest horror surprise. We'll see about that because we also have Pearl coming out later in the month. And that is one that I'm really, really looking forward to. So box office projection. We've got a few different things that we need to talk about. So first, we need to talk about what the box office pros are saying over at boxofficepro.com. They're in long range forecast right now is between 9 and 14 million. Meanwhile, my prediction here at the Borough Reviews on the Into the Borough podcast is 11 million final. I know that's kind of cop out right in there. I don't think um, with everything else that is currently happening right now in the world, you have a lot of people focused on inflation. I don't think many people are going to be going out to see Barbarian necessarily. I do think it'll be a late night, Friday night crowd pleaser. And for that reason, I think it'll I think it'll definitely go over the minimum long-range forecast that they have there, um, but I don't think it'll quite reach the heights of the maximum. Um, And really, it's a respectable amount for a horror movie like this coming out in theaters at this time when there's really nothing else happening around it. Although you do still have Top Gun, like was discussed, making money, making an insane amount of money. So that's something to take into consideration as well. Remember, I will have a poll a public poll that you can actually vote on down in the spotify comments below um i'm gonna try and also maybe post a poll on twitter uh anyway just to kind of gauge everyone's opinion on it um but make sure to vote directly right on spotify if you have um spotify downloaded if you're listening to this on spotify it really helps support the show so i appreciate you for doing that and um that is it for this week's box office projection All right, so what are the new releases this week? We're going to be covering film, TV, video games, anything like that, um, both on streaming and in theaters and on your gaming console. Uh, So let's talk about that real quick. We have The Sound of Freedom on Prime Video, which is the true story of men who have dedicated their lives to rescuing kidnapped children. We also have Pinocchio on Disney+. Plus. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that story, so I don't quite need to go into that. Thor Love and Thunder, notably, is um, beginning to stream on Disney+, Plus. so if you missed it in theaters, now's your chance to check it out over on that site. Um, in theaters, we have Barbarian, a young woman traveling through 
uh, Detroit for a job interview, books a rental home, and it becomes much more than that. And that is in theaters currently. And those are really the big, big releases of this week for film. Now let's talk about TV because there are so many different things happening on television currently. Um, so far, we have The Good Fight Season 6 premiere, which is on Paramount+. Plus. Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, which is a special, is now on Disney+. Plus. You also have Pinocchio, as mentioned before. Um, Central Park Season 3 will be on Apple TV Plus this weekend. Making the cut, the Season 3 finale is on Prime Video. And then the complete Season 5 of Cobra Kai is on Netflix. Those are most notably the things to watch out for this weekend. You also have the Creative Arts Emmy Awards at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on FXX uh, on Sunday. And then you also have uh, D23, the Disney event that is happening for video games, we don't really have all that much. Uh, just recently, The Last of Us Part 1 released on PS5, the remastered version. Then you also have Steel Rising, which is this week's release on PS5, Xbox Series X, and SP, and on PC. Set in an alternative Paris in 1789 in an alternate timeline in which the French Revolution had been squashed. You set out as Aegis, a near-perfect automaton, who must single-handedly take on the king's army. Let us know what you are partaking in this week as far as entertainment. Are you going to be playing Steel Rising, or are you going to be watching some shows and movies on Netflix and other streamers? Me, personally, I'm heading out to see Barbarian, and we'll have a review on that out, hopefully at some point before Sunday. So be on the lookout for that. All right, everyone, and that concludes this episode of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. Thank you so much for supporting the show, and make sure to go out and like and subscribe and share on all the different social media platforms that you possibly can. We have shows on YouTube, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have all the different social medias that you can possibly think of. TikTok is the latest adventure that we're partaking in with our rapid reviews of House of the Dragon. So, um, I do encourage you to share all that content. If you like what you see on this show, we want to keep giving you more. So head over to patreon.com slash the Burr reviews. We also have a new episode of close up that is recorded and currently being edited that we will release shortly. So if you want to get more podcast content, uh, close up with the Burr reviews is our second show that we have on the network. And that is basically a culture show. We review films. We do things a little bit quirky over there. We imitate our cats during episodes. We have British accents uh, during episodes. We kind of just like to have fun on that podcast over there. So um, head over to uh, patreon.com and sign up for the $5 tier, the director tier that is, if you want that podcast. Um, or you can become a paid subscriber on Spotify to get that there. Um, and hopefully we'll have that episode up in the next week. We review Yes, God, Yes which you can go watch on Netflix before you come back and listen to our review because, oh boy, is it a doozy. Um, I had so much fun talking about it and talking with Ren about the different experiences she had uh, growing up Catholic and what that means um, in tandem with the film. So it's a really important discussion, actually. We go kind of hard on it. Um, and we're also surprised to see the crypt reviews of that. So if you're curious about that movie, feel free to check it out on IMDb. Go watch the trailer and then come back for our review on Close Up with the Borough Reviews. With all that down and out of the way, uh, I think that is it for today's episode, everyone. So we'll see you next Thursday right here on the Into the Borough podcast. 
拜拜。